0: They're a resilient group too, you know. Um, just put on that Jacksonville game. You know, there's a there's a, there's a team that uh, you know gets down in the game early, and there's no panic. You know, they, they just stay the course. They execute
1: their game plan. They've got a uh, you know great defense. You know, as good as we as good as we faced all year, and the D line is you know I think better than any team we faced all year.
2: All right, Mackey and Judd final hour of today's show, but we are here all week long at Mall of America. Uh, you can see all the exciting events associated with Super Bowl 52. MallofAmerica.com for details. Superstar Mike Morris. It's kind of a zoo here now. So this is what it's like. I mean, this, is what, <laughs> right? this is what a
0: Super you Bowl is. So huh? You were so
1: close. I was so oh,
0: close. Man. I wish to heck I'd snap that thing a little lower. <laughs> I would have been. So do a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people would have, but I, well, I'm Regardless, I'm sorry. and uh, So here I find myself getting as close to a Super Bowl as I've ever been, which is the same town. I've never been in town for a Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: which is hanging at the mall. Which is
0: hanging at the mall. The yeah. usual, I have a, You've never been in town for one? Never been in town for one.
2: Really? No. Nope. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams... That your Super Bowl week experience would involve the Moose Mountain Adventure Golf Mini Golf Course. <laughs> yeah. Which is and, right uh, over your right shoulder right now. <laughs>
0: and I've been told also by uh, by the program director that I've got uh, like a $20 gift card to Cold Stone. So I can get a waffle cone and some ice
3: cream. Oh, wow. wow. beautiful.
0: Yeah. That's that well? nice. That's cool, huh? Isn't that nice? That's very cool.
3: Yeah, I have a feeling that, that you're not going to use that gift card towards the uh, mm-hmm. Mackie and Judd show.
0: You're right. Yeah, I thought so. You're absolutely right. Now, I don't know. It depends on if you guys are, especially Dave here, if he's nice to me, I'll share ice cream.
1: I'm not getting ice cream then.
2: <laughs> not worth it. <laughs> we
1: know, we know it's,
2: a, what's a, it's too much for Dave. Are you planning on going to the actual game or no? I'm not. Neither am I.
0: I, I can't uh, I, I can't begin to tell you how, how serious I am about watching a football game. I love watching football, especially at the highest level, which... We'll have a good Super Bowl here. I really think it's going to be a close game, too. But I'm going to have to watch all that. I don't want people screaming around me. I like to sit and watch, as you you know. Uh, every week I sit and watch it. I'd, I'd love to watch every single play to break it down in my own head and how it went and what would have happened if maybe we got there. But um, it's fun. I love football. I'm not, I'd hate to be disturbed and distracted during a game. Even if I had someone over at the house, they'd have to agree to sit still and not do anything. <laughs> like, we can get up and talk. You know, halftime, I'm not going to watch the
3: halftime show, could care less, but I'm coming back for the game and I'm going to sit down and relax. So. Which, which gets us to Super Bowl parties, which, are the, which became the bane of my existence because nobody watches the Super Bowl. Here's the problem. I can't stand that. When you go to watch that game and you get hushed during commercials... When, when you're being, hushed, they're <laughs> shushing when, you. When no one's paying yeah. attention to the game. Yeah. And then so you start talking and you're like, okay, I might as well just give in and join the conversation. And then they go to break the first time and people are like, oh, quiet whoa, now. Whoa, 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 This is a great commercial watch. First they're all, all good. They're all good.
2: I'm one of those people. Trust me. Nuts. And you better shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> when that $4 million Doritos <laughs> commercial comes on, because yeah. I don't want yeah. yeah. okay? yeah, exactly. we'll to see it. Exactly. throw down. By the way, when Tom Brady takes a seven touchdown lead on those idiot Eagles fans in the second half, <laughs> wow. I want to see the commercials. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: straight for the throat! Well, they yeah. deserve it. I'll,
0: I'll watch the Budweiser commercial. That, sure. they're good for one. Yeah. They're good for one, and that's it. That's on my way to get a Budweiser. Yeah, of course.
2: Subliminal messages. are going to get a Coors Light, but then you know, right, <laughs> right, right. You sure?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got. I have to watch the game. I'm sorry. I. I mean. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I sound like a, like a commercial uh, Super Bowl commercial uh, Scrooge, but.
2: Well, what I was what I was saying to, to these guys earlier, and I think I speak on behalf of a lot of Vikings fans with what happened and the way that that game went down. And now, you know, the biggest event that's ever been held in the Twin Cities from a sports standpoint. I mean, there's probably a short list of other events you could you could compete with, but if I have to pay my way into a Super Bowl as a Vikings fan, I know it's cool to have it in our backyard yep. here. I'd rather wait until either a) the Vikings are playing in one, or b). Just to like an exotic location that I've either never been to, or exactly. I think there's a lot of fans who are ready to drop five or ten thousand dollars on tickets, and because the Vikings got beat the way that they did, are going to sit there now and say, You know, I'll just watch at home. I'll watch. I'll Still watch the, the best seat. Room it's the oh, best seat. I'll go to the you know the convention center and go to the mall and you know take in some of the stuff during the week. But the game itself, I think a lot of Vikings fans is say, you know what, I'll save that money for if they ever know. get there themselves.
0: I don't know why you wouldn't do that. I mean, if, if your team is here, I, I mean, we were here in '91. The old metrodome and I, I went home for that i was i was living in kansas city at the time i pay, i packed up when we were out and eight and eight with jerry burns his last season i, I said you know what i'll watch it from kansas city i wasn't going to go to it on purpose too i didn't stick around for it or anything else i just took off and went back to my other my other little place yeah
3: i'd leave now if i was a player unless i was contractually obligated to stay here yep i would not be I here for, for this week or this game if i was a vikings player I would have no interest in being around any of this. I mean, you think about it, what I I mean, went like, like yeah.
2: Eric Kendricks is on with Jim Rome just across the, the way over here mm-hmm. this morning, this afternoon. Uh, I know that Harrison Smith is going all over, making the rounds the next couple of days. And I know there's money tied in for some of these oh, guys. I'm sure there is. But Big how torturous too. would that be if you have to parade around your town Ugh. in which for the entire last five months... You thought you were going to play a home Super Bowl. Increasingly more week by week, too, you thought home Super Bowl, home Super Bowl. Yeah. And now you've got to wander around. And you get paid to do it, but you've you got to wander around answering questions about, so how tough is it? How, you know, <laughs> you know what is it? How does it <laughs> who's feel? Your favorite, who's your favorite player to play yeah. against? Who's the meanest what, guy? What's it like knowing that Philadelphia is wandering around the balls of your stadium? <laughs> well, yeah, wow. The simple don't,
0: question don't is, what went wrong? I would well, still and that's a big that's and that's a, a huge that's a simple one but I don't gonna, put, wanna,
3: yeah. if I played I don't want to hear that question
0: That's exactly that's right. my point that's exactly Like I'm right. still
3: curious what went wrong, what, what Griffin thinks went wrong. he doesn't want to answer that question
0: Yeah there's no 10 there's, times there's no way those guys should have to well it's not that they don't have to address it or it's fair to ask it if yeah. you're a fan for the price of uh, tickets and, and anything else you're allowed you should be allowed to ask a player a question like that. Unfortunately, when you sign up for this, that's what you have to sort of, you know, adhere to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a player in this league, you, you sign up for for the fans and for the for whatever else, and you need to, to to be accountable for that.
2: Yeah. Should we read Star the same excerpt about the flea flicker that we did? Earlier oh,
0: sure. Show? Why not? Right. Yes.
2: Okay. The flea flicker. Okay. Oh, remember yeah. the, in the third quarter,
0: oh, the, 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 Eagles, the Eagles put oh. a dagger
2: in the Vikings' neck <laughs> with a flea flicker, right? So yeah. you, might, you might think, oh, that's a that's a scouted look, they must have gone super in-depth during the week, X's and O's, meat and potatoes, <laughs> and they saw something yeah. in the Viking secondary, right, that they could they Really explore. dive
1: in against the run. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, really, uh, d- cheat.
2: Must have been something like that, correct? <laughs> this is from Monday Morning mondaymorningquarterback.com. Uh, Peter King wrote this this morning as part of a big feature about the Eagles going to the Super Bowl, right? So <laughs> in the third quarter, the flea flicker that broke the game open against the Minnesota Vikings was an homage to longtime Eagles administrative assistant or secretary, Carol Wilson, who was Andy Reid's aide when he was the Eagles head coach for all those years. And when Doug Peterson became a quality control coach there in 2009, he then met Carol Wilson, the administrative assistant. And so he spent four years as an assistant coach with the Eagles from 09 through 2012, and then right. two years the last couple years as a head coach. The Fleet Flicker was never called in any of those years until last week. Quote from Doug Peterson. When I was here working with Andy Reid, back when we would write the game plan quite literally up on the grease boards, Carol Wilson was the woman who would always type the game plan list into the computer. And so every week I'd walk her through the game plan so she could understand the handwriting and she'd always look for one section of the game plan. She'd ask, is the Flea Flicker in? She just loved the Flea Flicker. She loved the play, loved the name Flea Flicker. So every week I'd say, oh, sorry, Carol. Uh, Flea Flicker didn't make the play sheet this week, maybe next week. And then sometimes it would make the play sheet, but they wouldn't use it in a game. So after they beat the Falcons before that Vikings game, Carol sends a text message to Doug Peterson congratulating him for the game. And Doug says, thanks, Carol. Then she texted me and said, is the flea flicker going to be in this next week? <laughs> it's my favorite play. Yeah. And yeah. Doug Peterson responds, I know it was her favorite play. And so later in the week, I text her and said, Carol, the flea flicker's in this week. It's in. <laughs> so the game comes. I call it in the third quarter at the right time, and I was thinking, I hope Carol is watching this play right now. How about yeah, I mean, the secretary for Andy Reid. How is that led possible? to the dagger that stuck in the Vikings' back? It's
0: unbelievable that. Well, it was, that's for us, though. What do you figure? Here's, that, here's a that's gallon exactly of that's what, exactly what you own, would
2: figure. I mean, yes, this is for
0: our secretary back at the back at the shop, old old time, you know, associate of mine. I'm going to do this for her. What
2: play do you like, Carol? Oh, how about that razzle dazzle?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Carol, it won't work. It's the Viking defense. Oh, wait, just a minute. It's like they're, you're they're sucking up on the run. They're biting on it, and they're, they're coming up with the first the first shoulder hitch. I think it'll work. We'll just toss it back. We have plenty of time up front. We thought the D-line was going to be a problem. Now it's not, so we're just going to go ahead and just block them for a long time and just let it flea flick and do whatever, and maybe a Statue
3: of Liberty this week too. Oh,
2: Peg likes that play. Yeah, Peggy. Yeah, she
3: but how about play. how, how <laughs> NFC championship game Viking worthy is that story? It's perfect. And now as, it's far, perfect. as far as I'm concerned, as far as embarrassing m- moments in NFC title games goes, this trumps 41 Donut. This it is was, now it, worse it than did It did the anyway. until Carol it just, texted
2: yeah. in the flea flicker. I
3: just it's like if Denny had put out. a play for Kirsten, the secretary, and <laughs> back in the day. Well, she really likes this play, so what the bleep, we'll run it. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time to do it.
0: They'll never expect it, and and... They'd be right. They would never expect that because you have to have a lot of time to set that thing up. The timing is, it's a big game, it's a big moment, and are you kidding me? The most unexpected play in NFC Championship history, I'm quite sure, is a flea flicker.
2: The only thing that would have made it more embarrassing is if Carroll were on the sidelines with that with that laminated play sheet in front of her face, like radioing <coughs> nope. in the play. To- she was
3: throwing full beers at Viking fans <laughs> in the parking lot. Carol was Carol was in lot C. You son of a tossing beers and hitting Vikings fans.
2: Viking fan tosses Dude, it back. She throws even deeper. <laughs> it's,
0: like a, it's like amazing. From the fan back to her, complete. Both times, oh. two, two passes, one pitch, one flea oh. flicker.
2: That's what you know. What that's what that's what Vikings. If, if you're gonna get rowdy with Eagles fans, at least make it a flea flicker, beer throw at their hands. Yeah.
1: Toss it to your
2: Viking, hand it to your Viking yeah, just, fan friend. He tosses it back to you, and you pitch it, throw it.
0: Dart throw it Eagles have it. a have a fan, uh, one of your buddies down <laughs> down the sidewalk, uh, about forty yards. <laughs> yeah, he'll catch it. Yeah, God. I, that's Classic amazing. Viking. I mean, you, you you can't make it up. And in fact, I was gonna give it maybe the worst tag that we've had thus far out of these NFC Championship games uh, that we've had because so much was right right here within our own hands in that defense you know it, it's a shame but they do they're, they're, they were over aggressive they sucked up on a lot of that stuff we thought we had a guy sacked we don't have him sacked there's a double move now it wasn't scheduled to be a, a, in the huddle, it wasn't a double move, but I think Alshon Jeffrey just broke it off and ran deep, and they he couldn't did, catch up to him, what, and, the, and now that, it's now it it's, turns into a
2: touchdown. Exactly well, this, what he did. In that anecdote, so Peter King just detailed all kinds of things from the last week, and so Torrey Smith was the receiver on the flea flicker touchdown reception. And right. He caught thought was a perfect pass. It was. Front pylon, like two feet in. It was just, it was as if Aaron Rodgers threw the ball, right? Right. So that was supposed to be a post route. That Tory Smith adjusted on his own in the middle of the play, and Nick Foles saw him run to the to the pylon yep. instead of to the goalpost. Yep. So not it's like it's like Aaron Rodgers took over the body of Nick Foles, and Bill Belichick took over the mind of, of Doug Peterson. Of and course, now the Vikings are watching from.
3: Jeffrey broke off his route, looked back, couldn't believe that Foles escaped that first pocket of pressure. Yep, and he said, "I'm just going to take off," and Newman, you could, you could tell, and Smith had also stopped. And Terrence was out of position by that time, and so that that play was completely wide open. Made up.
2: We're not still bitter.
3: Nope. We
0: don't even need to talk about our game. We should be talking about the big game coming up. But wait, you remember that one play though, where God, it just always sucks back in. Of course it does. Because it was that it was that kind of kind of a, a game, and here we have a brand new stadium and all this fanfare that could have been i don't know ten times what it is now if if we had shown up in the game it would
2: just be like an endless skull chant happening throughout the mall of america no kidding straight now it's a fools chant let's come back superstar mike morris hanging out with us radio row mall of america it's mackie and judd mackie and judd radio row mall of america and you can go to mallofamerica.com for all the details about exciting events associated with super bowl 52 Superstar Mike Morris is here today and Friday hanging out with us, and we've just been for the last, I don't know, week, week and a half recklessly speculating about Vikings quarterbacks and how, you know, they've, they've got a tough schedule next year. They have no quarterbacks under contract. And uh, so we had Sage Rosenfels on earlier in, in this very seat, and he kind of agrees with this theory Judd put out last week. Alex Smith has gotten a lot better in the last few years, kind of under the radar. He actually led the NFL in passer rating this last season and was a lot better on deep passes. Uh, Put up a a bunch of big numbers against the Titans before the Titans came back against the Chiefs defense. If Case Keenum's too expensive or you just want to explore different avenues, Alex Smith has one year, $20 million left in his deal. They drafted a first round quarterback. They're gonna trade him this off season. If Alex Smith were the Vikings quarterback next year, are you yay or nay on that idea?
0: I love it. You do? Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. But the problem was, would be, you you know, we don't have an offensive coordinator yet, at least that we know of. We don't know what he's like as far as a quarterback, coach, whatever, that, that Pat Shermer was. Whether you know, Some people have strengths, obviously. I mean, you can either call the offense and have a quarterback coach that can school the, the quarterback up, or you can you can have it all built in place with your offensive coordinator, which Pat was. Now what? So to lure a good quarterback in here, he wants to know that his his game is going to be continuing on on the on the up on the upslide like it has been for, for uh, Alex Smith since Andy and, and his staff has been there. I don't know if Chile was part of that the, the job of, of quarterbacking uh, the quarterback coach because he's pretty good at that. I don't uh, know.
2: He was in Kansas City. You're talking about he was yeah. he was part of the uh, overarching. This is uh, Pelissero told us this last hour that Childress was actually part of the overarching, like, passing game structure. That's what I thought. So here's what this th- this is going to look like. and Okay, yeah. So yes, so, so,
0: the, the, so the new head coach for the Chicago Bears, uh, his name was uh, the, the offensive coordinator. He, Nagy, but, did he have more to do with the actual quarterback play, or did, did they have a quarterback coach? I think it was him. Because Nagy. that's going to make a difference for Alex. Because yeah. his game came, came around when Andy Reid and his staff figured everything out for him and put him in a game plan that... Absolutely made all the sense in the world. He was, he was, he was spectacular. I thought last year. I mean, the rest of the team kind of took a nosedive, but Alex Smith did not. Yeah, I would take that. Oh, no trouble. As long as he's happy and we can lure him in, that'd be the right money for sure. I, I, but I still like. I really like uh, Case Keenum though
3: too. I really do. You bring up uh, something that we probably should talk more about here too, though the coordinator conundrum. Now, Pat Shermer, I don't think people fully grasp what a great job he did i mean think about all all the years here michael where we've complained about the offensive coordinator the play calling why did you do this why don't you throw deep why on third and eight are you getting three yards right i mean Shermer had certainly probably a few questionable calls here and there but for the most part for the first time in a long time everything basically made sense and not only that but you could tell He didn't look at his personnel and say, you're going to fit into what I do. He looked at his personnel and said, how can I fit what you do well? And so it's an interesting topic. I think that there is a default position among some which say, well, just promote Stefanski from quarterback coach to coordinator and keep the same philosophies. I don't know. I buy that one. It's always, I mean, we've seen that here before where you just say, okay, let's not upset things. But not not everybody's meant to be a head coach, and certainly not everybody is meant to be a coordinator. And I guess the question becomes this: Do you do you want to take a guy who's thirty four or so and give him that job for the first time? With once again, what is a team that's expected to succeed right now? And I think for those who say absolutely, I say be careful there because this could backfire. And you're not this does not mean that you're getting Pat Schummer. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's going to change regardless of who they get.
0: It doesn't matter who they appoint or if they. Bring somebody from within that has already been with this staff. I don't know. Maybe they've – I doubt it. But if they did, it's still going to change. I don't care if the same exact system is in place. It's going to change, whether it's Keenum uh, at quarterback or whether it's Alex Smith or or, or Drew Brees, you know, whatever the case. It's going to change because the chemistry changes, and the guy standing in the front of the room and pointing everything out and, you know, explaining everything, every uh, uh, detail there is to explain – Uh, that's going to change because some people think they can head coach, some people think they can only do this or that. It's because of the communication barrier. You can either turn the light on for a player or a room of players, or you can't. So find another job you can do productively and sit up in the booth and and tell us what to do from above or or something else, but we have to give it to someone who can communicate to the players and make sense make sense out of this new wow. this new system if there is a new system.
2: Hey, speaking of that, I, I have a random question for. You. I was watching NFL Network just for a while this uh, Saturday or Sunday, and they had a marathon of those little thirty minutes. I Super watch I watch them all the time. Oh, every every so year, good. I love them. It's just like you pick up wherever you pick up. You watch for four hours, and you're like, I'm wow. telling you. So they had. I was watching during the 2000 Super Bowl with the Ravens and uh, the Giants, and they had, <laughs> so it was like Brian Billick was the main feature yeah. <laughs> yeah. guy that whole episode, and he's. He was very brash as a head coach on the sidelines and before the game. And what, what yeah. was he like with the Vikings? I know he wasn't necessarily your direct coach or coordinator, but what, what was he like kind of behind the scenes I mean, leading up to his moment of prominence there with the Raiders? Bill
0: came in when they when they fired Jack Burns as the offensive coordinator. We had gotten Jack Burns a couple of years previous to that from the, from the Washington Redskins. And that was a great staff that, that we got him from. But... You know, push came to shove, and there was friction, and there was there were egos involved in a, in a coach's roundtable meeting after a win against against the Chicago Bears, and they decided to part ways with Jack Burns. Well, Brian Billick in, enters as the offensive coordinator. Denny appoints him right there. I think they've been wanting to do it for a while anyway. But he was an absolute mastermind. He really was. When he came into the room to describe what he wanted to try to do to change things and make things better and simpler, I'll never forget the, the offensive lineman and all the players looking at each other like. This guy is no joke. He's got a game plan already. He, he knows what he wants to do right now. And it was he was so so explicit in, in the way he described what he wanted to try and do with us. And we had just won a game. But the fact is, is whenever, he came, whenever it was that he came aboard, I want to say it was like 90, I don't know, mid-90s, like 90, three, 4, 5, somewhere in there. In the yep. five, yeah. He just lit the place up. And that offense started the, the way it did. Funny enough, ironically, in Baltimore, it was, <laughs> it was a defense yeah. that he rode all the way to the Super Bowl on and got his ring that way, but he was, a great, he was a great offensive mind. I think he actually wrote a book. He co-authored a book with Bill Walsh, I think, out in San Francisco. He's from that tree. And it's a, it's, it was amazing to hear him talk football. He knew football inside and out. It became a, a, somewhat of a, of a competition between he and Jeff Christie on Saturday nights. <laughs> Before the game was to see if he could stump Jeff on anyone's position for any part of the game plan, and he never could because Christie knew it point blank. Yeah. So it was uh, he was he was a great coach. He, he offered me a chance to play for that team for the Raven team. <laughs> That's uh, right. They came back to you, didn't? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, so he did. Could, so and you said no. You yeah. could have won
2: a championship. Yep. Ten, yeah,
0: he yeah. could have been sitting at a mall uh, somewhere in Baltimore doing a you know the old pregame.
3: Just like this, didn't uh, didn't Brian start out as a PR intern with the 49ers, I think back I think so. in in the I think late
0: seventies, like a quality control guy. Yeah, it was him, him, and Sam Weish and uh, Mike Holmgren, uh, Denny. That whole bunch came from from that tree. It was pretty amazing. I'll
3: yeah. never forget uh, that the story was that after you guys lost in the title game in '98, <laughs> Billick is outside the locker, the locker room, room basically, talking. in about, the locker room. Okay, talking okay. about how I'm taking a job tomorrow.
0: Yeah, much, much like Shermer. Schirmer.
3: No, but Shermer was very much. I oh, can't talk about it. He I'm not going to d- talk he about kind of
2: denied it. Denied it or just wouldn't
0: talk. He
3: apologized, about it. but said now is now is not the time. Right, I right. heard Billick was just like, "Yeah, I'm taking a job tomorrow." Oh, See you guys right down. there, right there on the spot. Sorry, you guys are all crying, but <laughs> so whose decision out? was it to take a knee anyway? Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, I gotta go right now. I'm going to Baltimore. We're on to Baltimore. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're on, to on Baltimore. To Baltimore. <laughs> I gotta go to Baltimore. I, that knee thing. I, look, I don't know. I, you know, plead the fifth. Yeah, exactly. No one ever answered for that. We never knew if it was Denny or him.
2: You know what's funny? Because there's all those little questions. The 2009 Vikings. Nobody ever. I think we have, we've all heard enough of the story. We can piece together who was at fault for 12 men in the huddle. We had Longwell and Rosenfels on a few weeks ago, back to back shows. And they kind of laid out from two different angles what happened, but no one ever wants to step up in those nope. moments and say, you no. know what, I was <laughs> I've communicated poorly in this regard. But if it's for the for the kneel down, it's either Denny Green or Brian Bill.
0: Yeah, no question, those two.
2: It's, and, not like, uh, it's not like they radioed, radioed in a series of plays, <laughs> and Randall Cunningham went to the huddle and said, Actually, I Hey, am Red, uri- your thoughts? I am urinating <laughs> down my leg right yeah. now. We're going to take a couple knees. The
0: best decision I can make right now would be just to sit on this and just uh, take a knee and, and kill the clock Yeah, and have the coaches decide whether, the, whether or not they want to destroy me or not. Oh, God. Tom West. I hate him. I hate him. I can't even stand to look at him.
2: Uh, Tom West, the most famous person in the clip of Stefan Diggs running for a touchdown, yes. Minneapolis Miracle. The most surprised Tom, Can you reenact I've ever the look on your face on the Stefan Diggs touchdown <laughs> for us?
3: I have never seen you look that way, and I've known you for 25 years.
0: When
3: they said we're
0: bringing Morris back. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, shade. Can you show me where you burned your arm badly again? Oh, show wow. me where you burned your arm really badly. Oh, we, we went there that quickly. Don't, tri- don't, <laughs> don't play with gas and matches.
3: Oh, you went there that quickly. Yeah, I didn't oh, care. That, was, that accelerated.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw at us? <laughs> I we
1: think have? I'm going to ask who more, who else Morris really hates around here. I don't know. Oh, go He's ahead. Like some Super bowl type things to talk go about. Go right ahead. Right.
2: Mackie and Judd, Radio Row with the superstar Mike Morris and All of America. <laughs>
1: Now on Mackie and Judd. Do
0: you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions? What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon?
2: Of significant importance.
1: Holding
2: up. Mackie and Judd. Another half hour today, but we are here from 9 to 1 at Radio Row Mall of America all week long. The ride with Roycey will be here a couple days this week. And uh, we also, I, I should pull this out of my backpack behind me, but we've got the roman numerals 52 homeboy shirts oh yeah wow We got, got my shirts nice i got mine
3: on saturday it's very Which, nice
2: you can get them if you show up to any of the superstar mike morris's live appearances at sprint stores or our live broadcast this week so 1500ESPN.com. We should definitely send a photo nice. of that out,
1: too. Yeah, these things Jesus. look good. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: putting that together and not, like, getting sued for copyright infringement, either. We were very delicate. No, yes. no
3: you skated right on the edge there, but you didn't go it's
1: over the, the Randy line. It's Moss inside joke. It's beautiful. Yep. Nice work. Perfect. Yep. Perfect.
2: So Dave's got some questions for us. Fire away as Jason Derusha walks by live on Channel 4. Very wow. excited. Camera
3: adds 10 pounds. Not my fault. Yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not that close. Please don't get that close. Actually, get
2: right in there. Get as
3: so <laughs> hey, you got a bat hanging
1: in the cave there. What what good side. Let's be honest. Oh. All right, boys, let's uh steal the first question from Carol, the uh secretary, administrative assistant of Andy Reed. She loves the flea flicker. She loved that flea flicker so much that Doug Peterson put it into the game plan. Boys, I you told that story uh from MMQB Phil, and I immediately thought back to Tecmo Super Bowl. And like the three plays that I would dominate the competition with as the San Francisco 49ers, yeah. you know, the one where Jerry Rice is wide open, the other one where Jerry Rice is wide open, then the other one where John Taylor's wide open, those ones would kill. I should pass those along to Zim. What plays are not run, whether they be trick plays or not, not run enough for your liking in the NFL today? Because I'm just thinking about the Vikings. When's the last time the Vikings under Zim ran a trick play?
2: Well, first off,
3: well that the flea flicker awful wildcat. They've run
1: that yeah, way. But Wildcat terrible. isn't that's a trick play. That's it's, hey, here's what we're going to do, guys. We'll stop player. it now. We're
2: going to run the ball. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the flea flicker would be on that list. But can I say a well-executed, if teams practiced fake field goals and fake punts more often, I think you could get away with it. Like if you, if you planned ahead, if you put one of your skill position players on the field for almost every single field goal extra point or punt, like if Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen were just on the field for yeah. you know, wherever they were, you could twice a year, you could use them on a route or something. I think, oh, yeah. I mean, you've been in NFL practices. Yeah, it's, how much uh,
1: do they practice that with Denny? Every day. It's the fake. Every day. Oh, yeah. Jeff, you multiple There's always options a fake, You know, several options snap on, on punt and, and field
0: goal, both. Uh, there was one that I would snap it to the holder, and the kicker would run behind him, and the holder would put it down and then pitch it over his shoulder. No look. And the kicker would throw throw the ball to a tight end or someone okay. who's in a route. But uh, that, that was a cool one. And then there's also the one where you direct snap it to the personal protector. <laughs> and that's the guy standing right behind, uh, you know, just offset a little bit on punt.
2: But that's always like a backup tight end.
0: Or Scotty Graham, and he didn't know that a fake was on in practice, <laughs> and I hit him right in the nards. <laughs> oh. And he cr- I crumbled oh, him. Oh, <laughs> He didn't know. He didn't know, be- but... Yeah, yeah, uh, we had a fake on, and that meant it was coming to him. And guess what? That hurt. Oh, no. That had to have hurt him. He he was sweating on the. You think the field. it hurt him? A little.
3: I mean, that's. I mean, a lot. That's coming in hot. That's and coming that's not, pretty quick. He's not very far from you. Oh, <laughs> he man. didn't expect
0: it. I, I took a little off of it because, yeah, when you snap it that close, you don't want to drill anybody. But I did.
3: I'll give you. A, I'll give you two trick plays that I like. Uh, the first one is, and, and I hated the timing of this play, but I like the play. What the Saints tried to do to the Vikings when uh, Breeze threw the lateral, and then they tried to hit yes. hit the receiver downfield. yeah, Sneed, yeah. the ninth, they Before, missed by about a yard and a half, or Willie Sneed the fourth, Willie Sneed the thirteenth. I don't, That's I don't, inaccurate. I don't like that play at that time with Drew Breeze, but I like that play, game eight or something like that, run it to Diggs. Uh, the other thing that I would start to do in training camp of next year, um, especially when the practices are closed. Daniil Hunter at tight end.
2: Okay.
3: And catch and passes.
2: Do we know he can catch?
3: I don't know that's about what that. I would. That's what I, mean, I would work on. He could barely on. catch quarterbacks this year. That's what I. But, but I. Oh wow. I, I, wow.
1: yeah. I was funny. debating in my head whether I say good. He was worthless at the end oh, anyway. He was not but worthless. I, I wow. wasn't going to say that. Morris, tell these two clowns. Tell these two
3: Tell these two clowns. For those of us who watch a little bit of football, that he was not worthless. He was good. A he's, a good he's a good. He's a good athlete. He's a good athlete. He's a good athlete. And my guess is he
0: really, he really is a good athlete. But. Yeah, we didn't have to have Tom West for that one. We didn't, he didn't come by and, no. and, and just bag on Daniil Hunter like you guys just did. But he didn't uh, He didn't exactly show up a lot at the end of the season, though. I will say All that. All you
3: guys just bash him. I'm giving him another option offensively. Jared Allen, they actually worked with this in his first training camp here. Because he had cut a couple of touchdown he passes with Kansas City. They worked with him at tight end in Mankato a oh, couple yeah. times. I like the idea if the guy can catch just a little bit. Because they're so damn strong, they're really hard to defend. What's
2: funny is, I think the Jared Allen trick plays at practice, that was really early stage Twitter, 2008, 2009. Yep. And that's what prompted the, at least the Vikings PR department and then NFL PR departments to think, wait a second. like These guys can send this out to the internet as soon as they see it. Yep. And then they should be down on... Children's got mad until field.
3: we explain to Brad... You have five thousand people watching this practice, all tweeting the same thing that right. we just did. We'll just retweet them, so though. it's going to be out there. Shermer <laughs> yeah. had
0: a couple of really nice uh, trick plays on the goal line. Uh, th- there was a two point conversion we went for, I think, this season. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. I think it was d- a direct snap to somebody in motion and just swept right off the right side. Yeah. It was it was slick. It was yeah. really a nice play. But the one play they don't use enough, as far as I'm concerned, that is a fundamental football play. That I don't see that often. Is just a a, a draw. On third down and seven or eight is a good draw play uh, with like a, like a fullback. You, they think he's in to block and and to and to, to, to you know have maximum protection in the back See out of the backfield. But th- but you give it to Ham right up the middle. And it's a big tough guy that can get some yardage after he's been hit once or twice. He's but a real Ham and Egger. He is a Ham and Hager, Yeah. Although he doesn't like green Ham. <laughs> okay.
3: All right. Do you have the next question? I do. What
2: about do. that Tecmo Super Bowl play where you? Just throw the ball 100 yards in the air with your quarterback. I
1: love that play. Always a great play. Just
2: just <laughs> just sit back in the pocket, wait for Jerry Rice to go all the way down to the other goal line and throw the ball 100 yards.
1: pass rush. Back up the end zone. Go a full yep. 120, why not? <laughs> exactly. Incredible pass rush. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the game a little bit coming up Sunday. Doug Peterson, yeah, he out-coached, he out-schemed Mike Zimmer. He now goes up against the evil, super genius of football, Bill Belichick. What do you put the percent chance at that Doug Peterson is able to pull the magic out of his hat once again and out-scheme the genius enough uh, to get him in? Well, he won't out-scheme him.
0: He won't out-scheme him. I don't, I'm not so, re- so sure, really, that he outschemed Mike Zimmer either. I, I, I just think that if you don't get out there and you don't play what's what's called, uh, which I don't, I don't believe we did, and then we just kind of— we got taken out of the game by, by the momentum swing that the crowd added to that game in, in Philadelphia. I, I mean, it, it, it affected us right away. And I don't, you, you can take the same things that you do and you put them out there, the same things that got you there. And they're not going to work because the players are not, they're not doing, they're, they're not there to play. That's all they're sitting at. And did he stay with it too long? He even admitted he stayed with them too long and he, and he probably should have changed it up a little sooner uh, adjustment wise. But, he believed in what his players were all about, give them a chance to, to make some sense out of it, and they never did. And I just, I, I, I don't know, I've never seen a team more flat-footed for an NFC Championship game, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't think that Mike Zimmer is going to be outcoached from the defensive side of things. But I do believe uh, that Nick Foles was incredibly accurate. Uh, maybe maybe didn't give him enough credit, and their offensive line is a really good offensive line. I mean, they really are.
2: Yeah, I would say, I agree. I don't think Doug Peterson's going to out scheme or outthink Bill Belichick.
0: No, that won't but, happen.
2: But if you're asking me, let's take Tom Brady and Nick Foles and put them aside. Which 52 man roster, aside from quarterback, would I rather have? I might rather have the Eagles' offensive line, the Eagles' front seven, and there's a lot of things that I might rather. Have I would too.
0: I, I, that's a great. That's a great. So uh, comparison, so I, I it's think it's possible I would
2: too. that if, if Doug Peterson can just hold his own in the coaching X's and O's chess match, that the Eagles are going to be there in the end, and would have a chance if they can, you know, if something happens, a turnover or something. I mean, last year, Brady threw a pick six last year in the first half. So and he's throwing mm-hmm. interceptions, I think, um, in like five or six games in a row to end the regular season anyway. So he's so there's potential opportunities there, even if you're not out scheming Bill Belichick
3: i say it's a 25% chance, but here, here's the problem. The Eagles uh, showed one game plan against the Falcons, which the Vikings bought into completely because they thought that Foles could dink and dunk them, and so they took that, that away. And Peterson came back and put together a brilliant game plan to exploit that assumption. So now they've shown another game plan against the Vikings. Well, there's only so, so many directions that you could potentially go. So you're going to have to meld the two together against the Patriots. Your personnel is good. But to answer Dave's question, I think anything that's going to surprise Belichick, there's a 25% chance he surprises him a little bit. But I think Philadelphia is essentially now shown its hand in full. I
2: think it's more like 27% myself.
3: 28.9. But if you look at, the, the difference is this. The full factor was pretty important going into the playoffs because we all had assumptions about him, and we all thought one thing. And the Atlanta game sort of proved those assumptions. He wasn't bad in that game, but he didn't kill you. And they barely won that game, and so we all got haughty going into the Vikings game thinking, okay, Foles has shown his hand, and so so it has Peterson. And then they came back with a completely different structure. So now the question is, where do you turn next? And it's going to have to be personnel versus personnel.
1: David? All right, final question. Let's make it a public service for those that are new to our state and already complaining about the cold that's only going to get colder because they don't want to go outside. So if you don't want to go outside in January, early February... When do you want to go outside, boys? Best month to visit Minnesota for those that are visiting now and might just want to come back. Best month to visit and why?
2: Um, I I would say right around the Fourth of July ish. If you're if you're living lake life or cabin life, July. Uh, I, I I'm going to say 85 degrees, couple clouds in the sky, maybe a tornado ripping through the countryside. Mm, but you know nice. you can dodge it for an hour. <laughs> And, uh, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I would say, well, Delman Young said it best.
3: He tried, <laughs> he tried, he tried, you'll it yeah. never hear that phrase again on these airwaves <laughs> or yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. He, uh, oh. he,
2: he tried to convince all of his friends, listen, they, always, they would always ask him, Minnesota? You like living in Minnesota? He goes, most underrated place in the country. And so our follow-up to him was, well, what do you do in your spare time? And he goes, <laughs> drink.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like Delman Young. Perfect I don't know why you I have to throw shit in, in right team. there. Yeah, well,
2: there you have it. I yeah. mean.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's October. I think it's October. I think it's it's between wow, that's incredibly right. humid weather, <clears throat> which our summers can be, of course, but uh and and before the frigid uh but the trees it's a pretty it's a pretty time of year here. Look at you. And uh I I think that, you know, if you hit it just right and the leaves have turned and you're up north, yeah, babbling, uh, you're in pretty good shape. A babbling Brook.
3: It is uh <laughs> a Babbling Brook, yes. Stream, it is yes. June without question. <laughs> Because June on a nice June day, it, it's not humid. It's not humid yet. <laughs> it's not humid yet in June. It's but it can be very nice, very comfortable. Mid June in this state is fantastic. Now, if you're talking the lake, then Phil Phil's probably right into July. But if you're talking being in the Twin Cities, like downtown, I say come here in June. It can be gorgeous.
2: Uh, by the way, Angel or Angel sends a tweet into the show. Listening to Mackie and Judd be salty on the radio was the most pathetic 20 minutes of daytime sports radio I've ever heard. Way to represent the Twin Cities and ensure you alienate any visiting fan. Don't know why I ever thought it would be a good idea to turn the radio on when Ben, Dana, and Giselle aren't on.
1: <laughs> wow.
3: Bye. Bye, Angel. Angel. That's
1: the most pathetic 20 minutes. He's not a frequent listener. He's right now. That, that's a, wow. even a lot more
3: and that's a long time spent listening as well if you've invested that long in being mad at us, That's twofold thank segment. you very much for that. We appreciate the 20 minutes you spent listening.
1: Go appreciate to BD&G. That's fine with me.
2: Mackie and Judd, Radio mm-hmm. Row, Superstar Mike Morris hanging out with us at the Mall of America.
1: 1500 ESPN and Sprint have teamed up for
3: the big game. Garage Logic Sports Talk, and The Ride with Royce will be all live from the Sprint Store in Crystal today to kick off the week. Can't make it Monday. All three shows will be live again on Wednesday from the Sprint Store in West St. Paul. We'll also have your chance to meet Mike Morris. He'll be at the Edina Sprint Store on Tuesday and Maplewood Store on Thursday from 6 to 7.30 p.m. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keywords, Sprint. Thank
2: you. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, superstar is going to be hanging out all over the Twin Cities, courtesy of Sprint. He's going to be here, Radio Row, with us again on Friday, and just a little sampling, real quick. Dave is putting together the updated guest list for us, but we have, and this is all. I mean, hopefully this is in pen. But tomorrow, Ryan Leaf will join the show at ten fifteen. Ross Tucker will join at 1045, Joel Laurinaitis, who you might also remember as Animal. Animal from one of the great tag teams of all time. And
3: his son, James. Yeah. Very Not a bad player. NFL linebacker. Okay. Tried to explain that before. Who, Very good who, player. Who
2: was better at their craft, though? Had to have been Animal. Wrestling. Judd's arguing for the. I'm linebacker.
3: saying James Laronidas is a heck of a player. Um, the the better
0: uh, at what they did would have been Joe. Correct. Joe, d- but, definitely. Definitely. But
3: James Laronidas was a but, very good player for the. We're Laronitis. not taking oh anything away. Not, let's not be selling the kids short before we're dad not doing arrives. That. Okay.
2: The king of twisting arguments. Because
3: yeah. because he might beat both of you up and it won't even be. Uh, the king of I, twisting arguments. I'd rather face him it. than his dad, though. I know that. In football or wrestling. I both. I want no part of both. either one
0: of them, <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Both. Yeah, I had a big Joe's big still. If
2: he would have worn spikes on the field with the Rams shoulder pads, I would have maybe given him a leg up in this argument. Uh, so, so, so Animal will join us uh, tomorrow wow. at eleven fifteen. What a rush! Victor Cruz, who was a presenter at the Grammys last night, will join us on Wednesday. Lee Steinberg, super agent on wow. Wednesday. Wow, great, great story. Look
3: at there. You guys. Lee Steinberg's got a great story to tell.
2: The Golics on Thursday. Also Chad Greenway, uh, Devin Hester. Greg Jennings in the mix, so we are. We're wow, we're loaded. Have, we have a fun week of shows. Devin Hester, yep. God, that's a
3: that's, that's, that's Viking a return killer. He is the best return man I've ever known. Ever. They always told Cluey, all you got to do is punt towards the sideline. Make sure Hester <laughs> doesn't touch the ball. And every game, Cluey would. Screw it up, and Devin Hester would run back 80 yards.
1: And then every Tuesday following, they'd bring in a bunch of punters to send a message. (laughs) Correct.
0: Kluwe would say, I don't want to punt it out of bounds. Yep. I, it, it ruins, ruins my, my average. average.
3: Yep. <laughs> Every time. And then it would punt to Reggie Bush. Yep. And Reggie Bush would return at sixty House, yards. How? And Childress would go absolutely apoplectic. And of as course. Dave just said, bring in four guys who are shanking balls into the woods at Winter Park, <laughs> as we're all standing there,
0: so that we could see Brad. <laughs> but that's business. what they wanted. Anyone that can shank the ball into the woods, that's what we're looking for. Out yeah. of bounds. Yeah, we don't want to do. He didn't want to do that. That was going to affect his average and, and maybe possibly his career average. And Pro Bowls. He didn't want to do that.
2: Well, you know what? They actually uh, – part one of the rumors for this XFL relaunch in 2020 is – and I believe they did some version of this the first time around 17 years ago, incentive-laden contracts for everyone. So I don't know if you'll, – you'll make some base salary just sure. for participating. But if your team wins more games, you get paid more. And if you reach certain individual accolades right. or, or numbers – no, but but the key is going to be figuring out what those are, right? Because for a receiver, you're paying everybody. Is, you know, is it just catching the ball? Then you're going to just be bitching at your quarterback the whole time like Moss and Carter used to do. That's probably
3: what Vince played. wants. Yeah. Oh, side-line, Vince would yeah, love that. Arguments. Guys exactly. getting in fights on the sidelines would be
0: Vince's dream. <laughs> and he won't find you. He'll just make sure that the other team gets thrown more passes or the other guy gets thrown more passes to teach you a lesson Yeah. because he's going to manipulate the whole thing. It'll be just like wrestling. You're convinced of that, aren't you? I am. I absolutely am. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way he's going to be... shoot a straight-laced He said he's footballer. staying away. No. Just like
3: Steinbrenner always told no. us before he died, I'm staying away from the Yankees. No. We all believe that.
2: Of course. Listen, if they don't put a giant cage over their championship game, they're doing it wrong. <laughs> a hell in a cell. A
0: put the ladder on the 50-yard target. line. <laughs> and then the a
3: chainsaw <laughs> hanging from a rope from the top. Here comes Tavares Jackson off the top.
2: He might, he might be in the sweet spot He's a spot, candidate. Right? He, he could probably
3: used to cash Although at this a point. A story
2: came out. Actually, it was uh. from the Pioneer Press last week that Tavares is going to be a grad assistant yeah. at a college, and his ultimate goal is to be an NFL head coach. Okay. Tavares Jackson wants to be an NFL okay. head
3: coach. Right. Well, they, well, they say that, that those who didn't succeed are good coaches, so he's got a fighting shot.
1: Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, nice. I say there's You're a long list of awful. Vikings quarterbacks yep. that would have. Yeah, a Kelly, great Kelly. The staff could be Tavares, Kelly Holcomb. <laughs> You're
1: talking Fonder about a guy who Olympics? started a playoff game, Joe, Joe Webb. Off. Joe Webb.
3: Joe. Yeah, Joe Webb was still playing for Buffalo right now. So yeah, mine. started a playoff game he never should have started. Well, threw that great out route right to Asante Samuel. Well, because Christian Ponder had a sore elbow. What, why are you picking on him? There's another one. Oh wait, he could be on the staff as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he speaks three languages. I'm sure he does. Just can't understand football language.
2: <laughs> he can't speak West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we, we are
0: go. so salty. That must be another Twitter from Angel by now. It's hard yeah. not to
2: be salty. I mean, for God's sakes, the Super Bowl is in our backyard, and the Vikings had a chance to play in it. So there's going to be some
3: salt this week. We're purging. We're purging it right now. The bitterness is being purged on this show. No question. That, yes.
0: Tell me, though, if you're a fan and you're visiting this game, Minus the the cold and everything else, this is going to be a pretty nice Super Bowl. That stadium, this kind of stuff going on all, all over the place. I mean, any any place that needed a, a sprucing up or something that needed to be better, it got improved over the last four years. And, I mean, it is a pretty a beautiful downtown area now.
2: It is. In fact, this is uh, – and you can experience most of the things without going outside. So if you're that deathly afraid of the cold, you can skyway around Super Bowl Live downtown, convention center – uh, stadium so
0: without ever stepping out of bounds Correct. or uh, out, of, out in the uh,
2: elements Correct. he's the superstar Mike Morris and he'll be back with us on Friday you Friday. can also find him at various sprint stores around the Twin Cities this week 1500 spn.com. we are back tomorrow with a loaded guest list from Radio Row Mall of America all of our stuff on demand at the website